Welcome back to the Katie Flea Show. Today's guest is a powerhouse woman, and I just love her to pieces. She also happens to be a client of mine, and we actually know each other from the gym world, which is so funny, like how our paths crossed and how we reconnected and, and all the things. But Stephanie Priest, so glad to have you today. How are you? You're awesome. I'm super excited to be here. So, Well, tell us a little bit of, about you really quick and where you're from, and then we'll dive right into today's episode. Okay. So I'm Steph Priest, and I live in Dover, Delaware. Um, I've been here for, gosh, um, this is going to age me like hardcore, like 23 years. <laughs> so I've been here for 23 years and my background is actually not in the gym world. My background is actually um, as a CPA. So I was a certified public accountant for 15 years. And then I went into private industry and uh, I worked with a really big construction company and I left the construction company and worked for a really big bank as their CFO. And then one day I was like, I hate my life. And I want to give back to humans. And if I feel this way and I'm stretched so thin between being a mom and being a wife and, you know, like having a, a really like cumbersome job, there have to be other women out there that feel the same way. And um, so I like came home and quit my job. And my husband was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. And um, we started a kickboxing program because he was in martial arts and I had been martial arts for about 12 years. And um, that's how our gym world's kind of connected, obviously, because of... I actually did not know that. I knew you were... I think I did know you were a CPA, but I didn't know that's like how the how the gym started. That is so funny. I just quit one day. I was like, I can't live like this anymore. So and you he was like, have experience in like owning a gym, obviously, or did were you instructing at that point? So I did years ago. So okay. I was in Arizona. I lived in Arizona as well, like we talked about earlier. Okay. So when I lived in Arizona, I did like step and spin because okay. again, I'm like super aging myself. I love uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. So I had that ages and ages ago, but I was like 19, 20. And then I decided to make the transition when I was like 38. So love that. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Uh, also fellow step aerobics instructor and Tybo. Yeah. I love it. Billy blanks, right? Billy blanks. Oh my gosh. That was my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. Well, let's dive in girl. You actually, you made a post I don't even know. It's probably a month ago, six weeks ago or something along those lines. And I like screenshotted this post and was like, oh my gosh, we've got to talk about this uh, because I loved it so much. So really the the whole post uh, that Stephanie posted was about just the pressures of being a woman. And I feel like the pressure has always been there for women but especially in today's world with everybody having a say and an opinion about everything, you know? And um, so, yeah, I just want to talk about that. Like, I think this is a, a topic so many women need to hear because it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't type thing, you know? So kind of just, um, if you want to just kind of give an overview of what that post was about and then, And let's uh, just kind of dissect it there. Well, I'll go like straight to the heart of it. It was the Barbie monologue that America did, right? Like, and she straight up said exactly what it is to be a woman. Like 
you want it, you, you know, you have to be pretty, but you can't be too pretty because if you're too pretty, then you're a threat. You want to be a girlfriend, but you can't be like, they're all the things that you're supposed to be, but there's never like this middle of the road. There's, we live in this world where everything is diametrically opposed. So you're, we swing from like one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. The coolest part of it is my son, for me, my son is 16 years old and um, he went to the movie with us. And when we left the movie, he was like, that was really intense. Mm-hmm. Like, talk to me about that. Like, what do, what do you mean that was really intense? And he has a, a girlfriend and he was like, I never thought about how difficult it must be to be a female. I never thought about like, whenever my girlfriend is going through something, how she has pressure to be all of the things all at one time. And so that just speaks volumes about if a 16 year old boy gets it mm-hmm. in 2023, like everybody else should get it. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the slides uh, that you shared said something along the lines of like, it's literally impossible to be a woman. You're something like be pretty, but don't be too pretty. Like you can, uh, you know, want to get healthy, but don't get too healthy because then you, you're obsessed, you know, like, like let's, let's kind of dive into that because I've got so much to say about this. I think just, you know, social media in general just kind of magnifies this problem. And I was actually just having this conversation the other day about like the whole babe support babes movement or, you know, women support women, women empower women, which is true, but it's, I've seen so many freaking times where it's like, yes, I'm going to support you until you're successful. And then when you're too successful, then I'm not going to support you anymore because you're making me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And ah, I just, I just want to hear your thoughts and opinions on that. I think that social media can be used in a way like it's either like this amazing tool that we can use, or that's this thing that like completely breaks us down. And I think that a lot of times what happens is there's like this, everybody wants you to win. Like you said, until you're winning, Mm. because I don't know that it's so much, um, it feels like it comes from like a space of like envy, right? Because you're not willing to be uncomfortable. And I think the people who like the females who are willing to be uncomfortable, right? Like that's how you grow. Katie, you're always uncomfortable. Like I sit and and I don't, I mean that in the space of you're willing to push yourself and do things that other entrepreneurs may not be able to do or are not willing to do. And that makes people uncomfortable. And whenever you're willing to be your true and genuine self, there are all these keyboard warriors who are like, that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not cool. And I just think that that's, I don't even know how you can begin to change it because I think that that's just, and this is going to sound really crazy. I think that we have been raised so long to be envious of other people and what other people have, as opposed to being like, hell yeah, like look at them go crush. Like, look at them go crush. And instead of using it as something to elevate yourself. Totally. But don't you think like it would be so much easier for people and hey, I'm speaking to myself here too, because I'm guilty of this, but to just literally focus on themselves and, and leveling up themselves and stop comparing. And you and I both know, we see a lot of this in the weight loss world. I know we're actually like kind of getting off track here, but, but we see this in what we do with working with other clients, you know, like 
certain, certain clients lose this amount of weight in, you know, six weeks or 12 weeks or whatever, or, you know, they look, they look a certain way in this amount of time while other clients have, I use quote unquote, slower progress, or maybe not as obvious progress. And then all of a sudden it takes away from what they're wanting to achieve. And I have that conversation so many times with, with my clients, like, whoa, 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 why did you sign up? Did you sign up to, to focus on other people's progress? No, you didn't, you know, but it's the same thing. It's the same concept with just life in general. And I think it goes back to like, so we, none of us want to be a mean girl, right? Like at our heart of hearts, none of us want to be mean girls. Like we, I don't believe that they're like, I just don't believe that. Yeah. But I think that what happens is when we compare ourselves to other people, we turn into those mean girls. And I think sometimes it's masked by those like, you know, babe supporting babes movement. Like that's who you really, really want to be. But to be that person, you have to like step outside in that space of uncomfortable to be that person. And that's so hard to do. It's easier to just be like, you know, not step outside and really dig into who you are and what it is that you can do. I mean, how many times have you seen like the, the memes or like the little gifts or whatever on Facebook that are like, your biggest competition is in the mirror. It's nobody else. You know, I, I get the opportunity. Like I get to, I look at your stuff and I'm like, oh my God, like, Katie's an inspiration, not like, oh my God, what is Katie doing? Because I only get better when I see people who are growing and I can be like, I could actually do that too. I don't have to just be where I am today in this moment. Right. Well, I think too, like gym owners are just, I always say we're a different breed, right? I mean, I'm obviously not a gym owner anymore, but we are a different breed. Like it takes a very special person (laughs) to be a gym owner, you know, and it's like, we got to stick together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But yes. So let's go back to the whole, you know, the, the pressures of being a woman in today's world, kind of what we were saying earlier. It's like, you can win, you can be successful, but don't make too much money or don't be too successful. You know, you can want to get in shape and want to take care of your body, but don't lose too much weight. Don't, you know, don't, don't, get too fit or, you know, you're what, what's the word I'm looking for? This is one I hear all the time. You're too much, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you're too much. Maybe so, you're not enough. Right. Yeah. It's like, like, that's the opposite piece of it. Right. Right. Like, come on, you know, so what would you say to somebody that is just kind of like focused on like, oh, I'm going to be too much of this. I'm, you know, I think a lot of people are almost, I don't know if scared is the right word. I don't know if fearful is the right word, but, but they have this like sort of anxiousness around success because of what other people are going to think of them. Yeah. That's a really great question. So I think specifically on that part, so I'll use a a personal example. So we uh, started our gym. I started to do really well, right? We did the things you're supposed to do as crazy entrepreneurs and crazy gym owners do. Um, and you work crazy hours and you do all the things. And we'd gotten to a space where our accountant was like, you're going to have to do something. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to buy this vehicle, right? Because you get the depreciation, like taxi kind of stuff, right? So I did the thing because that's what you're supposed to do. And I was so worried about everybody else's opinions on my success that I put the car in the garage for three months and I didn't drive it. Girl, this was like two years ago. Like this is recent stuff. This is And I say two years ago, 2022, and it's only 2023 right now, but I was so afraid of other people's opinions about like our success as business owners who, quite frankly, I was working 80 hours a week. So, you know what I mean? I was afraid of it. 
And one of the things that one of my coaches said to me was the number of dollars in your bank account is directly correlated to the number of lives that you've changed. Oh my gosh, girl. Like I just like got choked up. Mic drop on that. The number of dollars in your bank account is directly correlated with the number of lives that you have changed. And in that moment, when he finally said that to me, I never, like I drove that car right out of the garage and I drove it over, you know? But I also think that there's that part of it where, and I know you've been in this space too, because I've heard you I've heard you talk about this before. I think we dim, or, we dim our lights and like all of us have this light shining within us, regardless of what it is or like what it is that like makes us light up. And I would say that if, if you are ever in a space of people, regardless of where it is, and you feel like you have to dim your light to make them feel better, that's not the right room. And you have to leave that room because if they really do not want you to like shine as bright, like you should never dim your light for anybody. And I'm a big, like cut them right out. Like I just cut people right out. And maybe that makes me like not cool, but that's how I make certain that my circle is the right circle. Cause yeah. they don't make me erase my line. They don't make me dim my light. They don't make me feel guilty about my successes. Yeah. So true. I could not agree with that more. Um, okay. So here's a question for you. Mm. What? You, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because actually this is something that I get asked a lot. What are your thoughts on that same concept? Like removing yourself from circles that just, just genuinely do not want to see you succeed or you feel like you have to, you know, like you said, dim your light to even be there. What happens if it's family? What do you do there? So it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? My family is very different than some families are. Uh, my mom and dad are gone. My mom was um, a raging alcoholic. Not Like I left at 14. Like So I don't have a family structure that is similar to families that are very, very tight-knit. Yeah. I will use one of my really good friends as an example. So her family could never understand why she started working out at the gym, why she was so obsessed with her nutrition, why she was so obsessed with all of these different things. And I think what it took for her finally, because I was like, just cut them out. If they don't want the best for you, just cut them out. Right. Cause I come from that, like my background different. So it's easier for me um, to do that piece. And what she was able to do, and she was able to do it really successfully with lots and lots of practice. Right. And I think that that's where we get a real opportunity is we have to remember that it takes a th- like 10,000 swings at something over and over and over again to get it right. What she did successfully by practicing over and over and over was she understood that when her sister came at her like that, it was because it wasn't about her. It was about her sister and where her sister was in life. And when she was able to say, I have the expectation of my family being here and meeting me where I am. And when she said, but wait a minute, they're actually not where I am, right? Like they're not there. They haven't gotten there yet. It doesn't make them bad. Yeah. What she was able to do is she was able to realize that her expectation that she was holding other people to was the expectation she held herself to. And that was really unfair to them. Mm. So when she was able to be like, but this is who they are. And this is where they're going to be able to meet me at over time. And with practice, it no longer was about her and them attacking her. She was like, first, they can't meet me where I'm at right now. Second, at the end of the day, that's a reflection of them and their insecurities has nothing to do. So I know that wasn't like, no, I love that. 
but it's a, it's an illustrative story. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can get it. You're like, Oh yeah, I've totally had family and friends that are like that. Mm -hmm. I think too, I, that is, that's so good and good for her for even recognizing like, okay, wait, you know, I'm expecting this of them. So, and they're not quite there. And so I can't, you know, but it is hard. It's hard when it's, you know, family blood and you can't just, it's not as simple as just simply cutting them out. Although sometimes you may daydream about it. No, not really. (laughs) Okay. Bye. But I do think too, it's, if you can learn how to limit your interactions around them, you know, you don't have to hang out with, in, in most cases, you know, obviously if this is a spouse situation, then that's, you know, obviously different, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode, girl. girl yeah. I was like, we can do this for hours. Let's go. <laughs> but, you know, I do think you can limit your, your interaction with them and also kind of set intentions for yourself going into it. Like if you know, like, Hey, you're going to be at a family Thanksgiving or, you know, a, you know, a, I don't know, whatever, a family get together of some sorts, just setting expectations and also boundaries. Because I know f- for one, one thing that I see is a lot of times it's like, they want you to feed off their negative energy. They want to see that from you. So if you simply just don't engage in it when they bring up certain things and just try to shift the conversation and make it something positive or just change the subject altogether, it really is it, it really is a lot easier and you don't feel quite as drained when you leave. You know, mm, it is. Yeah. So- I mean, I've seen you talk on that before, like with family and how difficult that is. And I mean, you think about you're doing everything you can to be the best version of yourself every single day. And then you have to put yourself in the situation where they just don't get it. And they're just not at that space yet. And I think understanding who they are, why they are in that space and really trying to get that piece of it. And then boundaries. How many of us have boundaries? Most of us don't. I mean, I'm 43 years old and I'm like, okay, like I have to, I have to establish boundaries and I'm 43 years old. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure out boundaries and and on earth. Like I can, I cannot imagine how much more challenging that must be with people that are, you know, so close to you. To a lot of times, especially this, I'm, this is coming from a recovering people pleaser here. I used to like genuinely care so much about what everybody thought. And, you know, I try to make everybody happy. So I'm saying this because I've got experience in this, but it's hard to hear, but not everybody wants to see you win. Not everybody wants to see you happy. Not everybody, girls. you know what I mean? Like not everybody wants to see your success. And, you know, there are certain you know, groups and circles that you can genuinely just walk away from and be like, okay, you know, that was a good season in my life. Now I moved on, but there are certain times where you can't just cut them out, but, you know, just realizing, like you were saying earlier, that that is a them problem. And it's really a reflection of just some shit that they've got going on in their life. And when you can look at it from that lens, you almost develop like more empathy for them, you know, like that actually really sucks. You know, she's probably, there's obviously something she's going through to make her feel or him so insecure and who they are as a person that it's 
uh, you know, their actions are a reflection of that. What was, um, I think everybody should have a good therapist and I've had, you know, therapy over the years and I always try to think of it because I totally agree. It's something that they're going through, but like when you think about how you respond to something, right? Like when we respond with emotion to something, that's like some type of trauma that occurred when we were little. Like there's some, that little girl who, you know what I mean? Had Bobos and not Nikes or that little girl who wasn't picked for the cheerleading squad and everybody else was, or like there's, and it can be as, you know, mom said a simple thing and she never meant for it to, to totally devastate you. But that eight-year-old little girl was totally devastated. And I think when we respond with emotion and that's what they're doing in the moment, right? They're responding with emotion. It's that child and some type of traumatic event, not every time, but that child is responding. And when you can think about it from that perspective, that like the child is responding, that's how I really like work on my relationship with my husband. If I emotionally respond to him, it's, I understand, wait a minute, like something happened what happened? Why am I responding with emotion and not with logic? And typically if it's a negative response, that's why. So I try to like flip it when other people have that negative response or have that emotional response or have something negative to say. And I'm like, God, I wonder what happened to make them, make them where they are right now, which goes back exactly to your empathy piece. Like, like you feel it, like you feel that because you also have those, those traumatic, we all have trauma. And you also have it, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh my God, like, oh yeah. So how do you, how do you get, or how do you think you get to that point where you can just like, if somebody's listening to this right now thinking like, oh, I am that woman that is really envious and jealous and doesn't like to see my friends win or whatever. What would you say to a woman like that? Like, what can they do to get to that point where they just genuinely don't care anymore? Like, like, is there something you could say to her that maybe would encourage her to just take radical responsibility for herself and for her actions and the choices she makes and the life she wants to live and not be so caught up in comparing and what everybody else is doing and, and all that, you know, stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think you have to identify who you want to be and you have to show up every day as her. And when you are hyper-focused on showing up as the person that you want to be, not the person you are today, right? Because that's not like, we all want to evolve and grow. Like when I think about like three, five, seven, nine, ten, 10, where I want to be, I have to adopt the habits of that girl, of that woman, of that entrepreneur, of that person. And I literally go through this exercise and it sounds crazy, but I go through this exercise of like, what is it that I want to accomplish? And that is like all the way down to how many zeros I want in the bank. How many lives do I want to change? Where do I want to live? What color is the car that I drive? Like in super hyper-focused detail. And I know exactly who it is that I want to be. And then I think about who is that person, right? And maybe it's not around money. Maybe it's around like faith. Maybe it's around, you know, service. Maybe it's like, like all of those things tell me who it is that I want to be as a human. And then I look, who's doing that? Who's showing up as that person who has that life that like, I'm like working towards. And then I adopt those habits. And that's what I would say that somebody else does, because what it allows you to do is you take the focus off of other people and you hyper-focus on you and where you want to go. 
And when you're focused on you and the person in the mirror and where you want to go, you ain't have time for anybody else, right? It's like when you're drinking a gallon of water a day, you don't have time to talk shit about people, right? Because you're in the bathroom all day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you just shift it and you're like hyper-focused on who it is that you want to be every day, like you don't have time to like breathe like that into like the earth into the universe. Yeah. I, uh, so I was scrolling actually on Instagram the other day and I ended up using this trending audio in case anybody saw it, but it was something along the lines of like a millionaire will never judge you for wanting to start a business. You know, an NBA player will never judge you for wanting to learn how to play basketball. Um, and then there were other things that, but it's so true. It is so true. Yep. And I, too, it's just like, like they've got no time for that. They're like, go on with your bad self, crush. I think too, even just at the end of the day, or e- beginning too, like at the beginning of each day, just be like, all right, who do I want to show up as today? Like, what choices am I going to make? Am I making choices that are going to get me closer to the future I want to have, the woman I want to become? And what is that? What is that woman? How does she make choices? Does she spend her time gossiping? Does she spend her time comparing herself to others? Does she, you know, spend her time just in, you know, self-pity and, you know, what what is that woman doing? Or is she making moves every day to be a better person? Yeah. Even just doing like a self-evaluation at the end of each day. Like, okay, you know, of course we can all like the answers are not all going to be perfect because you're going to have your moments. Trust me. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, oh I'm, I'm like, hmm. yeah, yeah. You have to do that. Like gut check. Was that an okay thing to think? Right. 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 Like, was that an, that was not an okay thing to think. We all do it. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you've probably said this too, to your clients, like progress over perfection. Like, yes, that's in weight loss, but it's also in every aspect of your life. You know, you don't have to be perfect. You, you don't go from being somebody that is miserable and hates their life and hates other people's successes and all this to like, the total opposite the next day, right? It's, we are a continuing work in progress. Everybody is not just women. Yeah. Well, and like to that point, like, how do you do Like, how do they do it? Right? Like that was, that was kind of like where we started is like, how do they do that? What is step one? Step one, I think is like thinking it, but it's repetition. Like you have to do it over and over. So like Katie doesn't have awesome arms because Katie one day did like, you know, poliquins, right? Like that's not why you have, it's because- Every day you're consistent in what it is that you do and you show up for yourself to be the version of yourself that you want to be, you know, and it goes in the weight loss in the lifting industry, right? Like you'll see it. We also look at like Instagram as like this reality girl. I mean, like that's not like most influencers, that's their job. And you know what I mean? When you're a mom and you are a this and a that and a like, I'm not going to look like this, right? I can work towards it every single day, but I think we have these unrealistic expectations. And when we don't meet them, like we're filled with venom. Yeah. Like that's not my life. Right. Oh my gosh. So true. I actually had a, um, a client that I actually mentored, not in the weight loss space, but in the business space, she is also a fitness coach. And she says to me a couple weeks ago, she's like, how do you make it look so easy? And when did you like get your big break? And I was like, girlfriend, I can tell you right now, it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in six months. It took years. You did not see me start my business 
and an extra utility closet at my mother's daycare. You know what I mean? You didn't see the overdraft notices that were being mailed to my house every single week. Not kidding. You know what I mean? Like you didn't see that stuff mainly because again, I'm going to age myself here because Instagram didn't exist. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) You know what I mean? But you didn't see those things. And so anybody that appears as an overnight success, I can assure you they are not. Yeah, no. I mean, like literally, I I mean, I've known you for five years and I remember like when we met and like, cause you know, you like jump on Instagram and all that stuff. I was like, oh my God, she has like however many thousands of followers. Like, that's amazing. How did she do that? Well, you, gr- you did the grind, you did the work. And then like, it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. You know what I mean? And now you're like, what, a hundred thousand or near that or. Yeah. But it's, it's so true, you know, and I think to this, um, people underestimate the power of consistency and that goes with weight loss. That goes, if you're starting a business as, you know, a newbie entrepreneur that goes just, if you're simply just wanting to change your outlook on life, like you have to put in the reps, (laughs) the consistent reps and show up every single day, whether or not you want to or not. Yes. That's what's going to, like Alex Ramosi says, like, if you do not quit, there is no other option but to win. Yep. hundred percent. Period. End of story. (laughs) Yep. He's a man. (laughs) He's a man. He's got it. Like he just, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And you know, it's you, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. Like, and I say that sometimes to my husband because I'm like, your desk is a mess. How you do one thing is how you do everything. And and that's okay. But when you think about that, like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you're like, if you show up and you keep showing up as the person that you choose to become, then you become that person. Mm. Right. And it's just a thousand reps. Yeah. It's just a thousand reps. And some days you're going to miss, like, that's part of it, right? Like the greatest baseball players in the world, they hit 500. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? The greatest in the world and they're batting 500, like crazy, but that doesn't, they still show up. They still work to be the best that they possibly can. And maybe they're six, seven, two, one day, but their average drops to 500. Like, you know? Yeah. A lot of times we are so tied to our old identity and in order to step into who you want to become, the woman that you want to be, the woman that you want you 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 want your daughter to see is a totally different identity than what you are currently or what you were in the past. And so it is really truly like an identity shift and I also think too that kind of freaks people out. Well, I think we're hardwired for it to freak us out, right? Like when you think about it, if you like believe in evolution at all, or you don't have to, but we know that we, as humans, we've naturally evolved, right? Like our natural state is to stay the same and not to change. And so we literally like, think about it. And, and I use gym references because like, I feel like they're easier. So when you go to the gym and you try something, you'll take yourself to here, but you won't really push yourself to the next level unless you have a coach, unless you have a coach who's like skipping over with like that. Right, you see like the memes are like, here's your coach with heavier weights. Yeah. And then you'll step outside of that and you'll challenge yourself, but it's easier just to do the same thing that you've done over and over and over again. But Einstein says like the definition of insanity is to do the, the same thing over and over again and expect a different set of results. Like yeah. our brain is hardwired to keep us safe. 
And when we do things that are outside of the box, when we live out here in that space of uncomfortable, our brain's like, but this is, this is comfortable. That's too hard. That's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I mean, how many times have you like had a conversation with a client and you're like, okay, right. Well, you can like the pain of where you are today versus the pain of the change. Mm. And they're like not doing the thing. They're not putting in the work. They're not, you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, but wait a minute. Like the pain of change has to be less than the pain of where you are today for you to actually put in effort and do something about it. Yeah. Because when the pain of change is greater, you won't do it. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. It's like, I I think I literally just said on my Facebook post this morning, I was like, what's the worst case scenario? Mm -hmm. You're probably already living it. You know what I mean? Some of the stuff you come up with, I'm like, damn straight. I can't copy it. I can't copy it, but I need to find something similar. <laughs> but hang on. I'm not, I, you know, I also, which for those that love it, I love you. You're my people. Yeah. Um, but I also get some people that are like, oh, you're too much. You're too blunt. You're too, and I'm like, well, cool. That's fine. I'm not for everybody, you know, but. <laughs> and that's okay, right? But it is true. It's like, like you were saying, you know, going back to the pain and, you know, just like I'm sure some of you have heard that are listening to this is like, choose your heart. Yes. I know that getting in shape is hard. I know starting a business is hard. I know, you know, getting rich is hard. I know losing weight is hard. I know like all those things are hard to achieve, but also so is, you know, heart disease and type two diabetes and being broke as S, you know, like all of those things are a lot harder. So it's like, you've got to choose, but so many people go back to their old identity. And in order for them to genuinely just get what they want, they have to step away and create this new identity. And like we were saying before, start doing things that your future self wants to be. Yeah. I literally, after I do, and I do this quarterly because it changes, right? Like as I grow or as I regress, right? Like I fail forward all the time. I fail all the time. Yeah. But like the only way that I'm ever going to succeed is through a thousand failures. Like that's it. So when I fail, like I brush myself off, I grab, yeah. lift myself up by my bootstraps and I keep going. So I think that like, that's like, you have to have that like fortitude, the grit, you have to have that grit. And I just think that sometimes it's easier to not, mm. it's easier just to sit in that space of uncomfortable. It's, and so I go through this quarterly because again, I fail forward and, you know, I evolve and I change and I regress and all the things make certain that I'm still on target. And, you know, I do a life score on all the parts of my life. I do. I'm like on a scale of one to five, where am I failing at right now? Because where you like shine the light, right? Like you're like, Oh, I can, I need to do this. I've got to do better here. Yeah. Um, And then what I do is like the people who are in my circle that are like, that I, that I hold valuable. Like after I do it, I call them and I'm like, Hey, I just want to let you know, this is the person that I'm going to show up as. And if I don't show up as her, I need you to like, call me the heat. Yeah. Call me out. I need you to be like, that's not good enough. A person who wants this out of life and wants to affect change in this way, doesn't do that. Mm. And so like, there's that, but it's people that I trust it's people that I know will be honest with me and that it doesn't come from that space of envy or, you know, that child like lashing out or, you know, people who, who are ruled by those pieces. Um, and that's really helpful too. 
And then I revisit and then I call the same people and I'm like, okay, we're good. Like I did great this last quarter. Like this is, this is this, I'm just going to keep showing up as her. And they're like, well, you did good, but like, oh you know, so it's just nice to have that like level of accountability with, yes. with some people in your world. For sure. For sure. And two, if you don't have people like that, that you can call up and be like, yo, I need to, t- I need you to tell me when I'm not acting as this person, you know, there is, you could still do that with yourself. You know, it's like, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, or just about like being honest with yourself and taking responsibility for the things that you do and you don't do, you know, take responsibility for your successes. Yes. But also take responsibility for the things that you can do better and that maybe you messed up on or, you know, the things that you aren't so proud of, but that's the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way you're going to level up. Yeah. I love the phrase radical responsibility. And I think that, and this again is going to make me sound like an old lady, but I think that too often these days we're very quick to, you know, talk about like the narcissist and we're very quick to like blame other people. And we're very quick to be like, well, and I just think, and again, maybe it's, you know, my age showing, um, you know, I, I turn the radio na- down now so I can see where I'm going. So, so maybe that's what it is. But I think that, you know, it feels like we've lost that accountability for ourselves. And it's so much easier just to like push it to someone else and, you know, blame someone else for their actions. I'm not saying there aren't narcissists by any stretch of the imagination, but um, yeah. at the end of the day, like if, if that's in your world, like boundaries, right? Yeah. Like boundaries for it. Like accept responsibility, like take radical, you know, responsibility. I just love that phrase. I love that you said that because like, that's the thing. When you can do that, it's so much easier to achieve the thing, whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, you know, in business and health and relationships and when you can accept the, you know, the responsibility on every aspect on your end, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't times obviously where other people, other situations are definitely involved and you have every right to point the finger. You absolutely can. But when you can also turn it back around on yourself, just be like, okay, how, how, what could I have done differently? How could have I, how you've responded better? You know, what can I do tomorrow to, you know, take one step forward instead of 17 steps back? Like, it's just, it's so much easier to achieve the thing. Yeah. Because then you realize like the ball is in your freaking court, you know, um, like, <laughs> like it's literally in your court. It's, it's up to you. Yeah. Show up for yourself, right? Like every day you got to show up for yourself every day, like every single day. So, yeah. Oh, totally- here's a good one. What do you say to people that, um, women that by doing that and showing up for yourself every day is selfish? Is it oh my God, this is like the best because <laughs> we do this all the time, right? Like we have clients who, That's how we uh, are. well, I would do any, you did a reel on this the other day. I think I would do anything for my kids or do anything for my kids. Right. But would you do anything for your kids? Because if you would do anything for your kids, you would be the best example that there is out there. And, and that example is like what you choose it to be by showing up as that person that you want to be, because I can tell you that there are points in my life. And I have two girls. There are points in my life where I'm like, I did not show up as the woman that I want Lily to be. And I sure as hell didn't show up as the woman that I want Ozzy Jane to be. And so when I show up for myself, I show them the woman that they get to become. Mm. And 
like then that standard is raised, right? It's like when you grow up, your parents try to give you more. So that way you're better. And this is the time, like we're in this really beautiful time in the world where people I think do want their children to be, not that they did it before, but there's this level of like, how do we, you know, parent our children in a different way? How do we not say the things to them to hurt them? But how do we not do the things to hurt them? But showing up for ourselves, my God, like. I actually think it's the opposite. I think it's selfish not to. To not. Yes, girl. Yes. You got to think about what you're actually taking away from them. 100%. When I don't show up for myself, I'm an asshole to my family. Totally. Me too. Right? All of them. Like every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I love them with all my soul. But when I show up for myself, I show them the best version of what I'm trying to be. And then that gives them, hey, if mom's not self, like I didn't, I didn't want Lily or Ozzy to be that woman who one day quit her job because she was so broken that I was drinking every day. Like I was turning into my mom, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want that. So I just show up for myself. And I did that by quitting the job that was making me the most horrible human version of myself. And then I showed up for myself every day thereafter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it for them. You do. And, you know, as we, as we wrap this up, Steph, I just, you know, one thing that it actually kind of pisses me off, (laughs) but when I see other women just not live up to their potential for fear of, like we were saying in the very beginning, what other people are going to think of them. Okay. So closing words, closing thoughts, speaking to the woman who is fearful of that, who feels like all of this pressure is on her and to, you know, do this, be that, you know, be here, be there, answer to them. You know, what would you say to her? Take a moment and take inventory of like who you are right now. And if nothing changes and you continue exactly the way that you are right now, nothing changes. Yep. Where are you going in five years? And is that the person that you want to become? Mm. That's what you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then take radical responsibility and fucking do something about it. Yeah. Radical responsibility and change it. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, for the people pleasers listening to this, like worried about all of that. Listen, the people that are meant to be in your world are going to stick around and they're going to support you and they're going to want to see you win. Yeah. People that maybe you make uncomfortable. This is also something I've seen floating around and it's so good, but it's like God removes people from your life because he heard conversations that you didn't. Mm, so let that land. Think about that, <laughs> you know, and just freaking do the damn thing. Yeah. Do the damn thing. So good. All right. Girl, okay. I love talking with you. I love chatting with you. Tell us where can we find you on social? Oh yeah, that's great. Um, so if you're on Instagram, it's ignite underscore kickboxing. If you're on Facebook, it's ignite fitness kickboxing. Um, and if you're ever in Delaware, we have three gyms in Delaware. So you can always DM me at Steph Priest um, on Instagram. And um, I'd love to have you drop in and check us out. Total badass. Total birds of a feather, girl. Birds of a feather, like right here. These are the groups that you need to be in. That's the that's the real conversation, right? To anyone who's listening, these are the kind of humans that you need to surround yourself with. And if you're not having conversations like this, exit the room and find people who are having conversations like this because that's what will change your life. Oh, amen, amen. And by the way, like we live 
a thousand miles away from each other. So it's not like you have to be neighbors with the person, you know, like you can connect with people on online, get in groups, you know, like whatever, do yeah. what you got to do. So, all right, girl. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was awesome. I appreciate you very much. <laughs>